The reading of today, The Power of Optimism. The years of the Vietnam War were as confused, troubled time for American foreign policy, making the suffering of the participants all the more tragic. But out of it has come the marvelous story about Captain Gerard L. Coffey. His plane was shot down over the China Sea on February 3rd, 1966, and he spent the next seven years in a succession of prison camps. The powers who survived, he says, did so by regimen of physical exercise, prayer, and stubborn communication with one another. After days of torture on the Vietnamese version of the rack, he signed the confessions they demanded. Then he was thrown back into his cell to rave in pain. Even worse was his guilt over having cracked. He did not know if there were other American prisoners in the cell block. But then he heard a voice. Man in cell number six with the broken arm, can you hear me? It was called Robinson's Reisner. It's safe to talk. Welcome to Heartbreak Hotel, he said. Colonel, any word about my navigator, Bob Hansen? Coffee asked. No. Listen, Jerry, you must learn to communicate by tapping on the walls. It's the only dependable link we have to each other. Reinser had said, we, that meant they were others. Thank God, now I'm back with the others, Coffee thought. Have they tortured you, Jerry? Reinser asked. Yes, and I feel terrible that they got anything out of me. Listen, Reinser said, once they decided to break a man, they do it. The important thing is how you come back. Just follow the code, resist to the utmost of your ability. If they break you, just don't stay broken, lick your wounds and bounce back. Talk to someone if you can. Don't get down on yourself. We need to take care of one another. For days at a time, Coffee would be punished for some minor infraction by being stretched on the ropes. His body in the next cell would tap on the wall, telling him to hang tough, that he was praying for him. Then, when he was being punished, Coffee says, I will be on the wall doing the same for him. At last, Coffee received a letter from his wife. Dear Jerry, it has been a beautiful spring, but of course we miss you. The kids are doing great. Kim skis all the way around the lake now. The boys swim and dive off the dock and little Jerry splashes around with a plastic bubble on his back. Coffee stopped reading because his eyes were filling with tears as he clutched his wife's letter to his chest. Little Jerry, who's Jerry? Then he realized their baby born after his imprisonment had been a son and he, sorry, and she had named him Jerry. There was no way she could know that all her previous letters had been undelivered, so she talked about their new son, matter-of-factly, Coffee says. 
Holding her little, I was full of emotions, relief at finally knowing that the family was well, sorrow for missing out of Jerry's entire first year, gratitude for the blessing of simply being alive. The letter concluded, all of us, but so many others, are praying for your safety and return soon. Take good care of yourself, honey. I love you. Bea. Kofi tells about the long, long hours during which the prisoners played movies in their minds of going from room to room in their houses back home, the camera taken in every detail. Over and over they played scenes of what it was going to be like to be back. Kofi says it was his friends and his faith that helped him through. Every Sunday, the senior officer in each cell block would pass and sign out church call every man stood up in his cell if he was able and then with a semblance of tough togetherness they will recite the 23 PSLM though I though prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies thou anointest my head with oil my cup runneth over Coffee says, I realize that despite being incarcerated in this terrible place, it was my cup that runneth over because somebody, however, whenever, I will return to a beautiful and free country. Finally, the peace treaty was signed, and on February 3rd, 1973, the seventh anniversary of his capture, Coffee was called before two young Vietnamese officers. Today it is our duty to return your belongings, one said. What belongings? he asked. This. He swallowed hard and reached for the gold wedding band the soldier held between his thumb and forefinger. Yes, it was his. He slipped it on to his finger, a little loose, but definitely his ring. He had never expected to see it again. My kids were 11 or 12 years old when my ring had been taken away. Suddenly, I felt old and weary. During the prime years of my life, I had sat in a medieval dungeon, had my arms screwed up, had contracted wombs, and God knows what else. I wondered if my children, now older and changed so much, will accept me back into, their fami into the family and what our union would be like. And I thought of Bea. Would I be okay for her? Did she still love me? Could she possibly know how much she had meant to me all these years? The bus trip to the annoying airport was a blur, but one thing stood up out with sorry, stood out with clarity for coffee. The bright, beautiful red, white and blue flag painted on the tail of the enormous Air Force C-141 transport that gleamed, gleamed in the sun, awaiting the first load of freed prisoners. Next to the aircraft were several dozens of American military people who smiled at them through the fence and gave them the thumbs-up signal as they lined up, lined up by twos, the Vietnamese officers Reeled of their names, rank and service, Commander General L. Coffey, United States Navy.
he had been promoted two ranks in his absence. Scoffy stepped forward, his attention was riveted on an American colonel wearing crisp Air Force blues, wings and ribbons. It was the first American military uniform he had seen in many years. The colonel returned Coffee's brisk salute. Commander Gerald L. Coffee reported of duty, sir. <clears throat> Welcome back, Jerry. The colonel reached forward with both hands and shook off his hand. When the plane was loaded, the pilot taxied directly onto the runway with a holding shirt, then locked the brakes and jammed his throttles forward. The huge beast rocked and vibrated as the pilot made his final takes of the engine's performance. The roar was horrendous and the brakes were released and they lurched forward on the runway. When they were airborne, the pilot's voice came onto the speaker and filled the cabinet. It was a strong, short voice. Congratulations, gentlemen. We've just left North Vietnam. Only then did they erupt into chairs. The first leg of the trip home took them to Clark Air Force Base in the Philippines. The crowd held up banners. Welcome home. We love you. God bless. From behind the security lines, they applauded widely as the name of each debarking Powell was announced. There were television cameras, but the men had no idea that at uh, that very moment, in the small hours of the morning, millions of Americans back home were riveted to their television set, cheering and whipping. Special telephones had been set up to accommodate their initial calls home. Coffee's stomachs uh, churned and he waited the interminable few seconds for Bea to pick up the phone in Sanford, Florida, where she and her children were waiting. Hello, babe, it's me. Can you believe it? Hi, honey. Yes, we watched you on TV when you came off the airplane. I think everybody in America saw you. You look great. I do know I'm kind of scrawny, but I'm okay. I'm just anxious to get home. After his long away to reunion with his wife and children, he and his family attended Mass the following Sunday. Afterwards, in response to the parish, priests welcome. Here is what Kofi said. It summarizes as well as anything I know of the op optimist code. Faith was really the key to my survival all those years. Faith in myself to simply pursue my duty to the best of my ability and ultimately return home with honor. Faith in my fellow man started with all of you here, knowing you will be looking out for my family and faith in my commanders in those various cells and cell blocks in prison men upon whom I depended and who in return, in turn, depended upon me, sometimes desperately. Faith is my, in my country, its institutions, and our nation purpose and cause. And of course, faith in God. Truly, as all of you know, the foundation for it all. Our lives are a continuing journey, and we must learn and grow at every bend as we make our way, sometimes stumbling, 
but always moving toward the finest within us. David McNeely from The Power of Optimism by Alan Boy McGinnis. The end.